feeling relaxed. Imagine yourself on a tropical beach, the waves lapping against the shore. As they lap, your cares and worries drift away. You are confident. You are happy and in control. You are in control of the situation. You are a tiger. Grrr. You are expecting the earshot creative review. Yeah, and you're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Simon Rushton. Hello, this is Steve Martin, and this is the Earshot Creative Review. Uh, we are on a beach, and we'll be hearing more from Simon a little later on. Grrr. But here with me now are Tim Johns of the BBC. Hello, Tim. Hello, Steve. And a radio advertising and imaging producer from the exciting, fast-moving Indian market, Jardin Lobo. Hello there. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Tim, you're in Lincolnshire via Skype. I am. So, yeah, fingers crossed um, it holds out. The connection's uh, playing tricks, but hopefully this will work. Of course, you may have visions of a primitive village life, people working the lands with animals and hand-pulled carts, cut off from the modern world, and with the second-rate cricket team. But but is Lincolnshire really that bad, Tim? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> it is big, huge, open. Uh, it is very flat. Some of the stereotypes are true, but um. Lincoln's pretty big and the university has done a lot for the town and there's Grantham and there's Stamford and there's Gainsborough. There's, there's quite a few places. Oh, we've got Skegness um, back in the 90s uh, and Mablethorpe over on the coast. So it's, it's a big patch and, yeah, it is very rural. Lots of people retire here, but it's, it's changing a lot. There's, there is a lot more going on than maybe uh, some people think. Excellent. Well, we'll hear some audio from Lincolnshire and get a flavour of life in the county from you shortly. With me in London, Jardin Lobo from India. Welcome. You brought the weather. Yes, I have. And we are in the midst of an Indian summer. But not really an Indian summer, so to speak, because a true Indian summer back in India is about 35 plus. So we're getting there, but tolerable. I, I gather in, in Mumbai at the moment they're having a Lincolnshire summer. <laughs> uh, you could call it that, yeah. And uh, talking about the Lincolnshire cricket team, I think they're better off than the Indian team right now, given the recent <laughs> performance. Not sure about that. Excellent. Well, we're going to hear your audio as, as well, uh, Jardin, so do stay with us. Thanks, sir, for being with us on the Earshot Creative Review. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. Tim, let's hear some of the audio you're playing in this podcast. It's really hard. I, I always, whenever I try and claim any idea to be original, as everybody, anybody who works in radio knows, it's not. So I'm sure this isn't an original idea. But to certainly our audience, a lot of people at work, it was a, a relatively... Um, original idea. Uh, I think the, the key to this trail, it's a promo for our football um, commentary. Obviously, you know, huge deal for any BBC local station is the fact that they normally have the, the rights to the local football t- um, match commentaries. And the key to this trail is, I think, the fact that it uses the on-air commentary voices. So I haven't, you know, it's not voiceovers, it's the, um, it's the main commentator and the match summariser, who's an ex-Lincoln City manager. Uh, so I'll let you play the, play the audio, but 
but bear in mind the voices are the, the on-air voices. Mmm, haven't had a boiled egg in ages. Egg out of the water, then up pops the toast. He puts it on a plate, lid off the butter, spreads it evenly, and readies the knife to cut the eggy soldiers. The egg's moving up from the inside. Can he crack the egg's defence? Yes, he can. With one shell-splitting move, then wait for it. The eggy soldiers are in the centre. His mouth is wide open. Surely he can't miss. <laughs> BBC Lincolnshire's commentary team are so dedicated to their job, they never miss a chance to practice. I think that game never went off the boil, although he nearly cracked under pressure right at the end. The only station with full match commentary of every Lincoln City game. BBC Lincolnshire. Be part of it. Cool, thanks Tim. So what time of day was that being broadcast, that promo? Um, That was broadcast across the day. All day, every day. Um... (laughs) No, not all day, every day, but uh, yeah, fairly heavy rotation. And football commentaries, I'm thinking, are pretty divisive with the audience. You either love it or you, you hate it. So what were the challenges to make a promo for football there that could go out at any time of day, even when non-football fans were listening? Yeah, it's a, it's a continuous sort of battle. I mean, I personally, I am not bothered by football in the slightest. I get very bored of anything football-related at work. Uh, and it's difficult not to make a trail, you know, that's just sort of like, cold, I kicks the ball round, uh, join us for this, because that's, you know, boring. So. You do that very well, Tim. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you can tell that I, I'm the stand-in uh, commentary person. Um, yeah, I, so, so I guess that trail's just, uh, you know, it's telling a story. It's, it's uh, interesting for anybody to hear, because they're like, why is this man having an egg out of the travel? Um, oh, He's cracking. Oh, oh, he's oh, it's football. Oh, I see. Ha ha ha. So hopefully it's more interesting than just oh, commentary clips. And then listen to us. Well, I'm interested to find out what Jardin from India thinks because that's not a country that's known for its football. It's not really for football, but uh, we have done a couple of uh, stints when we had uh, the World Cup in 2003, uh, and um, you do have an avid uh, viewership of football back there. But it, it pales completely in comparison to cricket, and um, uh, there, there is there is a lot you can do in terms of competitions and and on a uh, goal updates. But that's pretty much as far as you can go to sort of really secure the listenership uh, for a football game. So coming from a country with that level of interest in football, what do you make of Tim's promo? I think I think uh, it, it sort of addresses uh, uh, the requirement here, really, because you, you've got you've got. Um, uh, a hardcore audience of, of football fans and uh, as you said rightly they, they need to be reminded that, that this is the station to be if you want anything on football commentary and uh, if you do it in, in sort of your own unique twist um, uh, therein lies a hook that, that gets listeners on board and um, well, once you've got them once and, and if they like what, you, what they hear then I think you've got them for, for the rest of, of their football lives Next audio uh, okay, yes, no, and I've, I've included this one because uh, Lincoln especially came to complete gridlock and people were stranded in their homes and we had all these wonderful stories coming through on the phones. We had a lady who, she'd lost her keys by the side of the road and then uh, she got a lift home and she couldn't find them and they'd heard it on the radio station, the person who'd found the keys and phoned up and said, I've got your keys, and there were loads of stories like that that you just feel like it feels like it brings the, to sound cheesy, to bring the community together or something like that. So... I think it's really important to capitalise on that when there's snow. So I made far far more trails than I normally would of different sorts, saying, we're there for you, and I made a little series uh, like this one that just sort of told a few of those on-air stories that we'd been having on quite a high turnover. So hopefully it sounded like we were, like, 
the snow station to, to be at. So here's just one of those uh, snow stories. Yesterday morning, 25 minutes past 11. That's right, yes. William Ashley, £9.7 ounces. He, yeah, he's a big boy. Because of the snow... You did it all at home. We did. Your stories from across the county. I had an hour from my first contraction until the birth. And um, we called an ambulance and we called the midwife. But because of the snow and the the traffic jams on the A46, they didn't get to us in time. So um, my husband delivered William on our bed. Stay with BBC Lincolnshire through the winter weather on 94.9 and at bbc.co.uk slash Lincolnshire. BBC Lincolnshire. Be part of it. I think you went into just enough detail about the childbirthing process there. <laughs> Not what you yeah. were doing live push-by-push push coverage. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but, you know, our audience aren't shy. They've, you know, the vast majority of our audience have had kids. They've been through all that. They're wizened to it. They, they, you know, they, they love that sort of stuff. So what's it like being a young guy making radio for a predominantly old audience? It's okay, and it's better than it was for a while. <laughs> Why? Because you got older? <laughs> no, because Dave and Sue are dead. Uh, for a while, the, the target audience, when I started, it was Dave and Sue. And it was, you know, oh, they're, they're this age, and they do this, and here are their hobbies, and blah, blah, blah. And oh, it was harder to do things without, you know, management structures saying, well, would this appeal to a person of x age and that almost made it harder now it's far more local news local stories and the fact is that those things will appeal to a much older audience so they're still the audience but it's it's almost easier to make content because you're just thinking about you know is this good and is this appropriate and if you know is it appropriate for an audience that likes local news and if so then okay and so it sort of doesn't matter that I'm younger, I don't think. I can, mm. you know, I just still pick out the best bits of radio that I hear and then I just I just do have to think carefully about the music I use and don't whack the prodigy on that one or anything like that. And you're careful, I can tell, from listening to your production to wrap the journalism in humanity and not to be tempted to make it sound like an aggressive uh, station full of thrusting journalists. Uh, yeah, definitely. Our, uh, our journalism it has a different feel perhaps from five live uh, for example not not always on air i mean obviously there are the, you know, the tough interviews and the mps and when things go wrong and when bae systems this week you know shedding loads of workers you gotta ask the tough questions but in a trail i try and make it sound less paxman and more uh, i don't know like like friendly i mean there are some news trails which sort of say we do news and we ask the tough questions but i always try and get a story or a, a human story or you know the thing that really touches the local people good stuff well let's hear something that definitely isn't paxman-esque this is a this even has singing in it tim uh, i just put this in because to sort of i don't know to, to to demonstrate some other stuff that i do i don't necessarily like this or think it's great radio i think it's probably quite cheesy but it's part of what i do in terms of station sound uh, in terms of not just trails and promos and jingles but i get really involved in uh, production on our production stuff for programs i sit in the middle of the newsroom with headphones i don't even have a widescreen monitor which would probably i don't know sound sound odd to many uh, station sound people but uh, i like it that way and i always chip in to editorial conversations and go oh i could do this and people know they can come over and say hey tim we're um we're doing a talking point about uh how irritating it is when people 
break into song in musicals out of a normal conversation and I'll say, oh, I'll make you do that for breakfast, uh, which is what this clip is. And, um, yeah, it's a bit cheesy, it's not that good, but I think it's a, in terms of radio, it's, it's good in that it would make you sort of stop and listen and go, what, what's going on here on the radio? If you were buttering your toast, you'd be like, oh, what's this? Um, and it features the voices of the early newsreader, the travel reader, the breakfast presenter. So, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Hey, news team, how's everything looking today? Well, Rodders, it's a difficult news day today. Not a great deal for anyone to say. The government's revolting, the usual assaulting. But something will turn up, I dare say. Well, let's hope so. Rodders, how's your breakfast show looking? It's a difficult thing to know. The news, it can be fast or slow. But by the end of the day, when the programme is done, we can certainly say that we've all had good fun. So turn on your radio and give it a go. It's the Rod Whiting Breakfast Show. (laughs) Wow, what do you think of that, Jordan? Um, well, I believe subtly, cheese sells. And then there's going to be well, not the home of Bollywood. I thought that would appeal. <laughs> uh, it does, but, but you're going to have that piece completely juiced up back in Bollywood. Um, and you're going to throw a bunch of dancing women in that shoe. So um, it's, it's, it's a visual experience as well, in addition to radio. Yeah, yeah, cheese, yeah, cheese sells. I agree with that. And yeah, embrace the cheese. So, okay, good, yes. Well, thanks, Tim. Do stay with us because we're going to hear Jardin's audio now, but we'll come back to you uh, a little later and uh, hear what you've brought along that inspires you to create that kind of production. Okay, sounds good. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. Uh, Still to come, we're going to hear radio advertising guru Simon Rushton on a beach. But first, Jardin Lobo's here uh, from uh, from India, living in London and uh, the south of England now. Just give us a quick overview of the Indian radio market. If if you're in Delhi or or Mumbai and you turn on the up and down the FM dial, what do you hear? Uh, You're going to hear a bunch of stations because Delhi and Bombay right now have about maybe 10 or 12 stations each. What you're going to hear, though, is is, is, uh, a bunch of stations that actually sound really similar to each other because every one of these stations is playing the top 40 CHR format um, and playing out to the masses uh, because it's imperative that they manage to get whatever they can out of the advertising pie. And uh, if mass music sells, then Bollywood's going to be on the front row of any playlist. And that's pretty much uh, what you're going to hear when you tune into any station in Delhi or Bombay right now. So if all the stations are running the same format, what's the role of production in helping a station distinguish itself on the dial? I think production can really differentiate in terms of the imaging of the station. And um, to that being said, uh, you you have uh, stations that actually uh, uh, pick up a lot of international imaging and and blend that with with Indian flavour. Uh, so you have a bunch of stations out there doing a pretty good job of that. Okay. And the other thing that I'm aware of in the Indian market is that the, the regulation for commercial activities is very, very light. Uh, it's, it's rather lax, really. You can get away with a lot of stuff because um, uh, it's, it's, at the end of it, it, it all comes down to business. And if, if brands are willing to, to uh, go the extra step, then stations are willing to go that way too. And if stations are willing to do that, uh, it ends up in a, rev- in a revenue share model for um, the government. So everyone profits at the end of it. And um, commercial radio is, is, uh, is, there aren't really no, any limitations, really, in terms of what you can do. 
um, you can pretty much uh, blatantly sell a brand on air uh, beyond the regular commercial break. Um, it all sort of comes down to where the programming team and the broadcasters draw a line. Well, we're going to hear something that you made now, which relates to a brand called Close Up. Close Up um, is sort of known for for the jingles. It's actually, actually a toothpaste brand, and, and uh, right from from um, the early two thousand, they've had some very interesting te- television commercials, and the jingles have always stood out. Uh, so, in any commercial break uh, which played a Close Up uh, uh, jingle. The, the brand um, inadvertently stood out amongst all the others. What Close Up wanted to do in this case was go beyond the regular commercial break. They wanted to see how exactly they could sort of use the premise of, of, of um, the, sorry, the premise of the campaign. Uh, the premise of the campaign in this case was uh, uh, Come Closer, which was actually the theme of the, of the brand. Um, what I did was take the, uh, the hook of the jingle and weave it in as, as sort of pre-sells into, into uh, station programming. So if you had a particular uh, show coming up, you'd use uh, the hook of Close Up, weave it into the, into the station programming, play it up as, as, as a sweep on top of the hour. And that's what we've done with this one. Okay, so what's the first one we're going to hear? Uh, this one's uh, actually a blink I've uh, done for Close Up and uh, it actually sells uh, uh, the brand and exactly how um, uh, you can actually sort of come close with the brand and come close to the station in terms of the entire music experience. All in the length of a blink. In the length of a blink. Ten seconds. Get up close with Close Up. And to my ears, that sounds like an American voice. That is, that is a, a video called Angie. She's based in, in, in LA and um, we've had a programming consultant to manage to get us uh, in touch with her. And um, uh, this is the station that we ran in Delhi. Uh, the, the music was completely English, top 40 English uh, music. So we got uh, a blend of, of um, Indian programming uh, flavor into, into uh, the imaging as well as uh, the, the American voice. And we don't have blinks in UK radio much um, because our regulation here is uh, more stringent and requires there to be clear separation between spot advertising and editorial. Um, but it does exist in the States and places, and I know you've been inspired by some American radio. Uh, in, in fact, uh, when I, I chose to come up with uh, the concept of blinks back uh, on the Indian radio scene, there weren't any other stations really playing around with that format. And I did uh, pick up a couple of very interesting uh, clips, and I've got one of them over here for you now, uh, which is uh, uh, a, a Simpsons blink. It, it lasts all of two seconds, and it played as a segue between music. And um, uh, this sort of triggered off the entire thought of how, how you could actually sort of milk the idea of blinks. Um, peppering a brand across the station as opposed to uh, restricting it to only to a commercial break. So this was one bit uh, that sort of inspired me. The Simpsons, tonight on Fox. Yeah, so, so, so you've got Fox and you've got Simpson, uh, you've got, you got Homer Simpson doing his, his little traditional dough. Yeah. Um, so that's all you need. That's, that's all you really need because, you know, Darren, you've you, you got something like, uh, it's as good as Sonic ID, really. And, and uh, you know, just, just throwing a thought over here because in, in, in the UK, you've got a bunch of brands like, like Autoglass, uh, like Direct Line. Uh, you've got uh, Churchill's Oyers. You, you, you've got Meerkats. But if you play around with them and, and sort of pepper them cleverly uh, into your programming, uh, there is an avenue that could be tapped into if regulations permit that. And Mark Barber at the RAB will tell you that it is those ads that have the, the sonic branding and the consistency of message and approach over many years that are most memorable and most effective. Absolutely. Uh, I've been listening to radio for a long time, to UK radio for a long time uh, when I was back in India. And uh, when I got over here, the first thing that, that immediately caught my ear was uh, Autoglass 
last repair. Uh, let's get back to close-up and some more examples from that campaign. Uh, yes, there was a couple of uh, other uh, uh, integrations we did with for close-up, really. And uh, this was one which I mentioned was sort of a pre-sell. We had a show called uh, Ten Hits in a Row. And uh, we played this up. Uh, Tennis and Row played in your in your uh, late morning formats, um, you know, basically with ten, 10 songs back to back. And this uh, particular clip played in between those 10 songs and on the top of the 10 songs. 10 hits in a row. You're closer than you know. Only on Hit 95 FM. Same voice, same music, using the word closer in the copy. Absolutely. Uh, using whatever you can from the brand campaign and weaving that into station programming. Um, that's the plan and it worked pretty well for Close-Up because uh, this campaign, campaign picked up an award for, uh, the, uh, for the agency, Manche Falkram, in 2009 uh, for best use of radio uh, for a brand. It's you and your music. Close and close up on Hit That one's rather straightforward, isn't it? It's actually just uh, plugging the, uh, the the station ID into uh, the brand, and um, uh, the brand gets gets away with it. The station was happy with the production, and uh, the advertiser worked. Uh, the, the the entire campaign worked pretty well for for close up. Uh, got pretty a good brand recall for them. Now you don't have DJs in Indian radio. We don't have DJs in Indian radio. We uh, we call them uh, radio jockeys back home. RJs. RJs, personalities who uh, uh, have fixed on what's happening in the city. I, I think it's a given for for any successful uh, RJ back in India now to speak more than one language at a time, because if you can blend two or three languages, you're brilliant. So you're blending what? Hindi and English. But Hindi and English, for example, if you're in Bombay, you're going to do Hindi, English, and Marathi. If you are in uh, Delhi, you're going to do Hindi, English, a bit of Punjabi. If you can mix them up, you've got them going. And given the amount of integration between commercial messages and station imaging, what are you able to get the RJs to do in their live links? We've uh, done a bunch of what we call branded pre-sales. If, if the next show was sponsored by Closer, for that matter, uh, I'd, I'd uh, briefly me- uh, mention uh, uh, the, the new offer from Closer, and then weave that in into uh, into the, the show that's coming up. Uh, there have been instances when brands have gone overboard, um, uh, right at the extent of, of someone chomping a, a bar of chocolate on radio just to sell it. Uh, and I think uh, uh, that's where you don't want to really disrespect the listener in terms of what you're putting out there in terms of commercial programming there needs to be a line that you got to draw on that front yeah uh interesting that 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 pass it on the hook of that is really catchy i only heard it three times there it's sort of stuck in my head i can imagine how that would be a, a, ba- a brand that would really really embed and the sort of the mix of languages um i'm, gl- I'm glad we don't have that challenge here <laughs> Tim, as somebody who's working on a public service radio station with no commercials at all, uh, have you any desire to want to work with brand messages too? That's a really good question. And I think the answer is, yeah, possibly. I look at a lot of advertising campaigns on TV at the minute uh, and there are some really, really creative things, especially as people are having to think up viral ideas and other such things. And I think the challenge of coming up with that amazing... A creative idea that is an absolute hit and works for the client and works for the station uh, that is quite appealing to me uh, so yeah yeah and what's your what's your view Jadin, on the radio production you're hearing in the UK at the moment uh, 
I, I think the radio production quality in, in the UK is amazing. The, the, the imaging is, is far, far better than what uh, we exposed back in India. Uh, and, and what's really good about here is in terms of um, each station um, is sort of unique in the, in, in the sound. You can clearly dif- differentiate a KISS FM from, from uh, an absolute radio. Uh, you, you know the sounds of, of, of um, uh, XFM as, uh, playing on differently from, from possibly Capital FM. Um, it's, it's not just the music. It actually is a unique brand for each of the stations, which is, which is really good and something that's really missing back in the Indian uh, radio market. Do you see any signs that the Indian market is going to segment in that way? Uh, it's going to take a bit of time for uh, the Indian market to really break down into the differentiated format. Um, you have a bunch of listeners which uh, would like niche format programming, but it's not good enough to actually drive in the revenue, and that's the reason why uh, most broadcasters are sort of reluctant to actually get down that road. And despite your relaxed regulatory approach to commercial messaging, you're still not allowed to do any news on FM. Well, that's been a drawback for a long time now. Uh, news and current affairs are not allowed to be broadcast on radio unless uh, it is the government-run radio station. And uh, uh, there have been a few stations which have tried to do news um, in, in the guise of maybe a regular link on air. Uh, but they've been pulled up for that. Well, maybe one day you'll be able to do the kind of uh, cat up a tree, man off a bike journalism we love in local radio here. I hope that'll be the... And I'll come back to you guys and come back to Tim maybe for that. <laughs> you are, Tim. It's your first consultancy job. Brilliant. I, I'll, I'll uh, cover a cat up a tree like no other. The Earshot Creative Review. Sponsored by Hobsons. Say hello, Hobsons, at hellohobsons.com. And uh, now, I don't know if you can tell, but the uh, background sounds have changed because we are in a different location. This is Lacquer Beach. It's about, uh, it's about half an hour from Freetown, the capital of Sierra Leone, where Simon Rushton and I have been working for the last uh, few days. Simon's the uh, radio advertising guru, formerly from the UK, now working in Nairobi, Kenya, and this week working with me in Sierra Leone. Simon, welcome along. Thank you very much for inviting me along. So what can UK radio advertising people teach radio advertising guys in Africa? I think the thing about any training is actually it's, it's a big con because it's, it's quite often the trainers that learn more from the people that they're training. And what you get the opportunity to do is to organise your thoughts to give to someone else and then they challenge you and you have to rethink things and reorganise them again. Um, I think what we can teach people is about about the client and about how the client's not interested in the radio station they're interested in getting results from their radio advertising and that's where i start from with all my training but british radio advertising is frequently criticized for its poor quality so why should anyone anywhere else in the world listen to to what the brits have got to say but radio's criticized for its poor quality but you imagine the quantity of radio advertising that's put together every day you can't expect all of it to be of a high standard and we don't say the same about press advertising we don't say press advertising's poor quality um what we need to do is is to invest more in it and invest more in creatives and and give better training in the uk but we've because we've done it for a while and because there are some brilliant creatives in the UK, I think we have a lot that we can take out to places like Sierra Leone where they're just starting really to get to grips with commercial radio. And you're a proponent of what's called the creative-led cell, a student of the Mike Burson School. Explain what that means. Well, Mike Burson is, um, what I call him, a mentor 
he's somebody who I, I learnt a lot from. When I was working with what was GWR, we brought Mike in to do a lot of sessions. I worked with him when he was at Metro Radio. He was my boss's boss. And he just has a passion, again, for making advertising that works for clients. But it's about selling more airtime. From the radio station's point of view, you make more money from a client if you make the advertising work for them and you give them choice of commercials um, and you you think about the way that you do the brief and keep it simple but effective and I think that's Mike in a nutshell but there's more to it than that there's a lot more to it if someone listening to this is working in radio advertising as a copywriter and a producer and you're delivering training for them to help them improve their standards and their focus and their effectiveness what are some of the tips that you you train people to achieve it's about the client it's about helping them to achieve their goals if you can understand what they're trying to do and you can write commercials that tell the listener what you want them to do and gives them a really good reason to do it then you've got a formula for success because you get the advertising working for the client and they'll want you they'll want you to write their ads and they'll want to run it on your radio station and the radio station will throw money at you to keep you at the radio station because you're getting them results and there are a handful of copywriters in the uk who that's true for the radio stations don't want to let them go because they realize that clients don't buy radio stations they don't buy such and such fm they don't buy your reach and the frequency they buy results but is it is it necessarily the case that effective advertising and creative advertising that's nice to listen to that's uh, entertaining need to be mutually exclusive uh, it's not it's not exclusive but i think creatives quite often beat themselves up trying to get that beautifully crafted ad every single time and when you're writing six or seven radio campaigns every day and and a lot of writers in the uk are doing that they've got six or seven clients every day that they're having to write for if you want expect every one of those to be award-winning and innovative then you're going to go to a very early grave because you'll drive yourself potty trying to get that great idea maybe one in maybe one in 50 is going to be a great idea And we did a campaign in in Kenya, um, let's say, about seven years ago for a mobile phone company. And it was a very, very simple idea. The guy that took it away and and went with it did some brilliant commercials and they won lots of awards. Awards are great, but ultimately it was what the mobile phone company said it did for them. And it made them the number one mobile phone company in Kenya. That campaign really drove them ahead. We've both been listening to a lot of advertising in Africa over the last uh, few days. One of the things that strikes me is that a lot of advertising here is about pride. It kind of falls into that category of vanity publishing. So how do you, how do you avoid trying to just satisfy the egos of the client and move the advertising into something that is genuinely effective for the bottom line? It, it takes a lot of negotiating and being diplomatic to work with a lot of clients because... If you think that the biggest thing about your business is that, I don't know, you've been established for 30 years, um, you've got to try and get the client to think about what does that mean to the listener? Why does, why does that affect how they're going to do business with me? Now, if, if I'm selling, um, like the place we're at now is selling star premium quality finest lager, um, does it matter that you've been established for 30 years if I can walk in and buy a lager? Now, it might matter if I'm something like... Uh, 
a solicitor, a lawyer, or somewhere where you need confidence in the the um, the history of of the company. But just boasting about yourself is not selling. And we have to get clients to think about sales and what does it mean to the listener? Why should I do business with you? Tell me, what's in it for me? Well, we always say, don't we, that a great ad starts with a great brief. So what are the killer questions in your mind that, uh, that you want to see enshrined in a brief when you're going to a new client? My briefs are very, very simple. And, and I, I know people have briefs that are big, long questionnaires of many pages. But the secret is, in any advertising, is tell me what you want me to do and give me a good reason to do it. So what do you want the listener to do? And why should they? That's a brief. That's it. I'd like to make it more complicated, but it isn't. Well, thank you, Simon. If you want more from Simon, you've got a blog. Simon Rushton, R-U-S-H-T-O-N, dot com. And that will take you straight to it. And I'd love it if people would subscribe to it as well, because it makes me think that somebody's actually reading it. Uh, Simon, thank you very much. So that address again, that's address again, uh, simonrushton.com. Uh, and if you'd like to see some photographs of this beautiful place where we are in Sierra Leone, it's, honestly, it is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. Uh, Lacquer Beach is where we are. There's some photos and those I shall post at earshotcreative.com. Do have a look and be very, very jealous. The Earshot So let's catch up with some of your messages and uh, tweets and emails in the ear shout. Audio producer Adam Franklin says he's available for production work. Uh, recently seen at BBC Manchester and traffic link to. He's worked for me before. Uh, he's very reliable. Uh, Adam Franklin is his name. Hi to Andy Buckingham, who's been coding the back end of the Earshot Creative website for us. I checked the code for hidden messages and uh, geeky jokes. You know what they're like. But I couldn't find any. He is such a professional. Andy King is in Cheshire. He says hello. And hello also to Rosie Duffield in Lincolnshire. Do you know her, Tim? I do know her. She uh, she does some stuff. She helps out on the introducing show at work. And yes, I know her well. She lives just down the street. <laughs> it's Radio Production Road. In Lincoln, yeah. It's just one long street. It's very easy. <laughs> uh, Marius Hansen in Norway sent us a lovely promo from NRK, uh, which I played actually at the next radio conference a few weeks ago. Uh, we might get that on the podcast too sometime, if that's okay, Marius. Uh, and hi to everyone else I met at Next Radio. Tom Pouser from the SRA. Chris Mottis from Hindenburg Systems. They make a great audio editor, uh, having made a strategic withdrawal from the hydrogen-filled airship market some time ago. Hi also to George Ongier at Storm FM. And Ian Pennell's been in touch. He says he installed some new loudspeakers and tested them with this podcast. This is the left... This is the right. They sound amazing, apparently. Earshotcreative.com is our website, and we're Earshot Creative on Facebook and Twitter. Come on over and get yourself on the Earshout. Hello. 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 Say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com. So the final section of this uh, Earshot Creative Review is our 1% inspiration uh, section. Last time I called it the 10% inspiration section, but several people got in touch to say the quote is 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. So thank you for that mathematical correction. Um, let's go, Jardin, to you and your inspiration. What has inspired you in the world of radio production? 
Uh, th there's a clip I've got. Uh, it's actually for a brand called Amstel Light. I think it's pretty old, somewhere around the uh, 90s. And um, uh, the, 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 the premise is really simple. Uh, here's a brand that uh, doesn't like being watered down. And uh, I think the, the, the way this, this concept was cracked is once you've actually cracked the concept, writing the script for this ad is really, really simple. And you can, you can really go on because uh, it's, it's, it's in every situation. Uh, but I think pretty much every one of us has been in some place at some point in time where we actually experienced this. So it's, it's, it's real. It's uh, something you can connect to. And it um, sells the brand premise really cleverly. That's it, Bill. We have to sit down and talk. I just took a look at my raise, and $2,000 doesn't even come close to what I deserve for all the work I've been doing here. This is a load of... Baloney. I'm here every night. I'm here every weekend. I mean... Fiddlesticks. What the... Heck. ...is wrong with this place? And another thing. I am so fed up with me doing all the work and then having a little... Rascal. ...like you take all the credit for it. Fudge. You. Do the... Gosh darn. ...work yourself, you... Stinker. So... Fiddly foo. Why don't you take this silly job and your silly raise and stick it up your patootie? I quit. The preceding resignation was altered by the makers of Amstel Light to once again prove that watered down just won't do. Always satisfying, never watered down. Amstel Light, the beer drinker's light beer. Imported by Amstel USA, White Plains, New York. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? And as you say, it's so campaignable. It's so campaignable. I think that, that there's, there's an ad that can be localised in different parts of the UK for um, a suitable language. When you get an idea like that, isn't it just like thinking, my month's work is done? Ah, oh, totally. I, ha I had one this week, and some trails and promos and ads you labour over and labour over, and then sometimes you just go, oh there's a good idea and you do it and you make it and it's just like oh that's wonderful because I can repeat that again and again and again and it's easy and it's fun so Tim what's inspired you well this is just um, a an ad an old ad from uh, a good friend of mine who is now station sound producer at BBC Oxford uh, called Chris Wood and he, he was um, uh, at CFM doing the ads there and this is just one of many he did, uh, and he's, uh, he's a funny guy. And I think when I first heard this ad, it just really tickled me. I really, really liked it. And um, it's, it's not like the best thing you've ever heard, but for me, it was just an ad that I remember when it's like, you can take anything, even a, a tile and stone warehouse, and you can make anything, and just with the right little idea, you can just make it really fun to listen to. It's just an advert that I... Uh, always remember. So, yeah, uh, see what you think. Hello, do you have any chocolate trumpets? Uh, no, we have tiles and natural stone. Weasels, pigeons, tennis rackets? No, tiles and natural stone. So, you have tiles and natural stone? Yes. Oh, sorry, I thought this was a chocolate trumpet, weasel, pigeon and tennis shop. My mistake, do I feel silly now? If you need a huge range of tiles and natural stone, tiling tools, supply and fitting, then you need Cumbria Tile and Stone. St Nicholas Bridge, Carlisle. Call Carlisle 535 535. And I bet all the local school kids went in there asking for chocolate <laughs> trumpets. Yeah, I would think so. It's funny, isn't it, how now I've got this association between chocolate trumpets and tile and stone. But I'll tell you what, I, I still... Well, I've heard it many times now, but for, for many years when I hadn't heard it, I still remember that connection between chocolate trumpets and uh, tile and stone. 
What's really interesting is, is uh, in that particular ad, you actually had the VO mention tile and stone four times across the entire 30 seconds, which is um, possibly the equivalent of hearing uh, your, your, your phone number said over and over again. So I guess that would have been a happy client, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it's nice that there isn't a phone number in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and here's something I've uh, heard. This is something I've been sent, actually, uh, by Helen Quigley. And Helen sent me a trail that she made for BBC Essex. It's about gardening. And she's asked me to say this is the director's cut, not the one that went on the radio. BBC Essex. On the 2nd of May, one man and his companion will brave the elements and face the garden's most feared adversaries. The prolific Bellis Perennis. Ah! The dreaded Prunella vulgaris. The tenacious Anthrisca sylvestris. From the South End Spring Garden Show at Garen Park, Ken Crowther will vanquish weeds, wield trowels, and interview the show's exhibitors as part of his mission to get your garden ready for summer. Less gladiator, more gladioli. Enter the fray, Monday from 2. BBC Essex. What an amazing plot. It's one of those movie trailer formats that never really die down, do they? I was going to say that trail almost, almost falls into one of my pet hate categories of uh, doing a movie trailer. But I think it works because of the script and because of the guy's voice. It's like there's nothing worse than a... Here's some dramatic music, and here's someone doing a bad American accent. I've made trails like that before, and then now I look back and I think, oh, so, so been done before. But that guy's voice, just because they, you know, they've picked that guy so perfectly, he makes the trail and the little cut with the, uh, da, 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 with that bit. Um, yeah, makes it, and I like, I like the clean start and end, just the BBC Essex tags. So. There is a central truth to to gardening that you always do feel like you're battling the elements when you're trying to keep your garden in trim. I would not know. I've got um, <laughs> some, two little basil plants on the windowsill downstairs, and they're nearly dead. That's all my gardening ever, I think. Join us next time when we'll be uh, back with more great audio and Helen Quigley, who made that gardening promo, uh, will be with us. Also, we'll catch up with KCLR's Harvey McCabe in a Hobson's voice session. He won that session in some competition or other. Thanks to Tim and Jardin. Links to your work and profiles are at earshotcreative.com and uh, do come back again another time. With pleasure, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to. When it's not on Skype and I can hear you and you can hear me and I can talk uh, at least... 73% more coherently. Well, listen, from all of us, bye for now. Bye-bye. And I do look at some... Uh, hang on. I'm going to say that again because I sound like a twat. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've got a twat uh, filter on my Adobe. It's fine. We can take that off. <laughs>